0: Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. The Lord was really putting on my heart, just you know, what to share, right? And of course, and you know, I have conversed and we have conversation multiple times. You know, uh, as you, I, our family's been as this part of body for about well, a year and a half um, plus now, almost two years. So, you know, I was just really just praying and seeking the Lord. Lord, what do you want me to share? Like, what is what is on heart? So I want to actually release and share something what I feel is for the people that's here, for the people that's watching or will be watching, and especially about the Holy Spirit and a little bit about my journey with the Holy Spirit the last few years. Amen. So I want you to kind of turn to, for those who brought your Bible, I went to old school. I brought my Bible, Uh, you know, so... Uh, sometimes you just got to go old school so if you would turn to Hosea chapter 2 Hosea chapter 2 and Hosea chapter 2 and uh, before I go there I just want to get for you to get ready on on, on that part of it but um, hold on one second Oh, that's interesting so this is when you go old school right you don't have the scroll you know you use the finger doing that i decided to go the old school in some of the pages probably did not line up completely so it is um you can go to verse 14 and 16 14 16 we're going to start there but before we go there i kind of want to set a context obviously for those are new did not know me um i'm part of i'm gonna have the privilege and honor to be part of this house and i'm um, part of the eldership team as well as a board member uh we have five kids me and my wife call them chino ricans for those who do not know that already you hear that multiple times from that me uh, that's a, i think that's a uni- unique unique uh, dna mix there i don't know what's the, that's gonna look like there uh when they have kids right when you kind of multiply and pass that down that would be interesting uh couple of things I think is important. I want to set a context here. Just many, uh, I, think, I think the origin story is always important, right? So uh, I didn't mean to do this, but comic book loved that origin story in terms of reference. Like Flash is one of them and many others. And I think how we came to the Lord is a unique part of our story and testimony. And I think for me, one of the stories that I came to Laura, I think it's a little bit, um, not, not necessarily unique, but a bit uncommon. So I grew up in Taipei, Taiwan. I was born in Taipei, Taiwan. So my family migrated here when I was in middle school. So I wasn't raised here. I wasn't born here. So when we came here and pretty much grew up primarily in Florida, most for the most part, we were living in San Francisco a little bit when we first relocated to the United States and kind of grew up ever since from there. And pretty much all my life, I'm an atheist, right? Did not know the Lord at all. Right, and my family, although the Eastern culture—wait, you know, Eastern culture is very. There's Taoism, Buddhism, Hinduism. Just you name it. There's multiple of them. My family wasn't really a devoted practice to really any of them. They kind of dabbled a little bit o- o- over over time, but it was it was not. I think growing up, was, my family was not super religious at all. So I, but I just I I, but I would con- consider myself definitely as an atheist growing up. So uh, I didn't get saved until after college. And here's, kind of want to pick up the story a bit, where how I got saved, obviously, I had a good couple of friends of mine, they're believers, and they've been conversing with me for years, right? i know them since high school, through college, and they're relentlessly, we have debates back and forth, back and forth, right? Atheist and Christian, right? We had those debates, and we're great friends, actually. So that can't happen, and that should happen at the same time as we are believers now to other unbelievers, and one day, I think this is after college, and I came home from lunch, and during the time of my life, that moment of crisis where I just super frustrated in life, right? And the funny thing is that externally looking in, you would think, totally fine. This guy got it. Graduate top of his class. I graduated from UCF. For those who are UCF graduates, so we did graduate there. And, um, you know, have a house, have a car. And people say, hey, he got it, May had a good job. But inside, I was completely uh, just a huge void, like a black hole on the inside. And I was super frustrated. So I came home one, one day. I is doing lunchtime. My work's pretty close. And, and I would just start ranting. Like, I would just kind of rampage just out of anger and frustration. And let start cursing God, actually. Right? I don't even know why I cursed, start doing that time. just start cursing God. We're in upstairs. And my bedroom was upstairs at that time. And uh, I was trying to freshen up, you know, in my, in my bathroom. And all of a sudden was when I was just conversing with God, and I'm not a Christian at that point, right? Just whatever God, what I think it is. And all of a sudden, I just had one of those moments start staring at the mirror, and I start just crying. And suddenly, there is a warmth came over my body. And I start freaking out. I'm like, what the heck's wrong with me? I was like, "Uh, I shouldn't have hot flashes, right? That's, That's only happened to women. That's not a guy thing. I think I'm way too young to have that. So, I, was, and I started feeling like a goosebump all over my body, like on, really on top down. Now, I started finishing up, and, I said, and, and this feeling's not going away. I'm like, so I'm trying to shake it off, right, and it's not shaking off. And it's actually getting stronger and stronger. So, I walked to my bedroom. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Now, I'm, now I'm getting, now I'm literally afraid, right? Now, I feel like freaking out right now, like what the heck is going on? Then I feel this still voice. This is the very few times I feel I've heard an audible voice, God. I'm here. Did you you not call me? You you were were talking to me, right? So I'm right here. And that freaked me out. Literally, I, I was like, man, there's a ghost in the house or something. I literally freaked out. And I was like, is it you, Lord? But in a few moments, suddenly there's just such a peace came over me. I can't even describe it. Just such a peace as it flooded that room, flooded where I, where I am. And I feel like, and I don't know if it's real, this, I just feel like, I feel this a, a tangible light came into the room, literally. And all of a sudden, I got on my knee, and it's just bawling. And I feel the tangible touch of the Lord touching my hand. I am here, right? I am here. If you will give, my, if you will give me your life, I will never leave you and forsake you. And that moment on, that's how I got saved. It was not, it was not the typical prayer. There's no going up to the altar. Nothing like that. It was a little bit, I would say, unconventional. The reason why I say that important, that was a pivotal moment in my life. Right? And my perspective shifted. So I want to I wanna kind of challenge on this real quick before I go to Hosea because I am is that perspective oftentimes shape our reality, uh, how we're living out the reality itself. So if you think about this, earth is not flat, right? Earth is round, right? Uh, I'm I'm not advocating any flat earth theory. I don't know if there is anybody. Um, You know, if you Google, it's all over the place. It's not that. So, but it it seems flat. If you walk outside, look at the platform, go walk around the parking lot, it seems flat but isn't right We're if you look at we are literally hurtling through space and it's in a rotation but we feel anchored there's nothing shaking right now at the moment sky is seemingly blue isn't it yes i'm very uh, participatory so you will see me ask questions um but it's not really blue is a reflection of light coming from the sun, bounce off the atmosphere, plus the spectrum and the angle that it hits, so it creates that blue. And the sunset is not really orange or red, right? It's the reflection that, that that dictates that. So our perspective shapes a lot of time the different reality that we live in. So when we go through crisis, when suffering comes, it does come. Everybody. There's nobody are exempt from suffering. We tend to seek answers. We cry out. Believers are unbelievers alike. And we question the sovereignty of God. Right? We question uh, what is if this is the will of God or not. So I want to go here. If you look at Hosea, let's go to the scripture here. Therefore, behold, I will lure her. That's a key word because I, I really want to unpack that word in a little bit today i will lure her i will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort comfort in the wilderness to her i will give her her vineyards there in the valley of acorn as the door of hope the valley of acorn as the door of hope she shall sing there as the days of her youth In the days that she will come up from the land of Egypt, it shall be that day, that very day, says the Lord, that you will call upon me and you will call me husband, and no longer call me master. So the valley of Acor, that word Acor there in Hebrew means mud, right? Means gloomy, means dark, is yucky, right? It's trouble. That's why Valley Acorn. But is it interesting they said, I will lure her. So think about it. My wife, hey, babe, how you doing? <laughs> I'm putting her on the spot there. So imagine if we just say, hey, let's go, to, let, let's go to a second honeymoon. Let's go to anniversary celebration. And let's go on a day night. But, hey, let's go to the Mohammed Desert. Let's walk around the desert. Right? That sounds like a really romantic idea, no. isn't it? No, no right? A romantic idea will be, hey, let's go on a fun place, maybe an adventure trip uh, by the lake, river, picnic, her favorite restaurant, multiple of those things, right? That's what you call allure. But the lure, interesting, using the word here, allure, I will bring her into the wilderness. On top of that, speak comfort to her. So when we suffer, when we go through trial and challenge, you know, we, we, we desire to gain some resemblance and control, right? Seemingly reality that you feel completely powerless. And we scrutinize everything around the world to find an answer where only supernatural solution can provide, but we try to seek in a worldly turn that they can provide. So ultimately, it's about what help us shift the mindset and belief is the perspective. And that perspective ultimately is gain. For me, what I have learned is three things. It's the truth. And I'm not talking about the word. I'm talking about the truth, the man Christ Jesus. I'm about know the truth. And time and distance. So think about it. We're talking about earth for a second, right? We seemingly blue sky. But on the other side of reality is what? Is a darkness in the void of space. But you're not gonna see that darkness, space. void, space, until you what, you go. You go thousands of miles or, or even more into the atmosphere where you can see that blue sky. You need time and space to get there. And how you see it is completely different. So it, I want to share in this context a little bit my story, where w- the past few years has been, what well, I would say, the, one of the most challenging times of my life per se, and it's a little bit both, you know just not my story, but really me and my wife's story uh so i mean she, some of the things i think she can share even um even better than i am but out now i to unpack that a little bit but there's five key things i want to share today and i'm just going to give it to you right now in case i forget in case the holy spirit take a left turn somewhere in the middle but i want to share it which it does happen and i want to share with you a little bit of this five key and you can just write them down if you want to write them down if you do take notes right here's a five key habit of believing about living out Hope in the crushing. Hope in the crushing. Five key habits that I learned. Know and treat the Holy Spirit as a real person. Know and treat the Holy Spirit as a real person. Run to Him first. Trust Him as faithful and true. Silence is golden. Pursue Holy Spirit relentlessly five key habits that I learned. So the reason why I kind of want to unpack uh, it itself a little bit, where, um, so me and my wife married for 18-plus years, you know, wife five kids, as you know. And there's been a quite a bit of up and down in our, in our marriage, in our family over the last, you know, several years, and especially the last few years. So the story is really part of it about what I learned through the journey of being crushed essentially. And so I'm a survivor. I would say I'm a survivor. So is my wife. We, we got divorced almost twice. And what I mean by divorce, we filed divorce, right? Just the legal process. and went through almost towards the, the end of it. So it's not we just got separated and, and so forth. We did get separated for a period of time. So we had two living places and so forth. And it was extremely challenging during this period, those period of time. And I take full ownership as a husband, right, because we are the head of the household, are the things, the mistake that I have done contributed. You know, the things I was frustrated in, anger or verbally abusive or multiple of those things, the sins I have to take about accountability in and through that and run back to the Lord. And what does that, what what the Lord look like? So one encounter I kind of want to unpack, unpack a little bit, and it has to do with the Valley of Acorn, is that. During that time, I think everybody left, especially when the beginning this time around. The first time when we almost got divorced was about seven, eight years ago. And the second time was like almost three years ago, right? And when it first came back, this happened, I thought everybody that We were separated. She was just staying at her uh, parents' place. And I thought like I felt complete utter loneliness during that time. And I started calling everybody and their mother, which is what you do not want to do, right? Because they may not be the best influence or the godly counsel at all. But that's what I was doing. So I was calling everybody to say, hey, what do you think? What's going on? Try to find out what's going on with her. Uh, You know, maybe to have some miraculous divine solution for me. But I was going everywhere really first, right? Accepting to go to the Lord. And and I, I would just now I was praying. Of course, I was still praying, talking to different folks, meeting you know what's going on and so forth. But I forgot the real person in the room. The real person in the room that He's with me twenty four seven, nonstop, always there, and that's the hard part. So one day I had and I'm I'm, I'm kind of revealing my notes a little bit because I failed to go to this part. Well, one day I was just driving, driving home, right, because we're living at separate places. And I just started bawling and crying, um, in in the room. Previous to that, I was kind of oh, just kind of really upset about a lot of different things that's going on in our space, right? You know, between between what's going on in the situation. And then all of a sudden, I put some worship on, and the the, the presence got kind of slowly coming to the to the car, and I would start crying. And the Holy Spirit, I feel the the whisper, very silent whisper, say, "I'm here." Then I cry even harder during that time. And I, I start really practicing. I know it sounds extremely, probably un, unconventional or unusual. I start talking to him like he's right next to you because he is. But it's hard for us to do that. So literally talking to him like he's sitting in my passenger seat, right, because he is my best friend, and he's supposed to be. Literally talk, I start talk, I literally have a verbal, out loud conversation with the Holy Spirit right there. And oftentimes we say, we we'll only go to him with, uh, with a certain words in adoration or scripture. But ultimately, he wants to know you and you alone. He wants that communion back and forth. You know what? It's, a, it's about you opening up to him being real. Because without being real, he cannot actively affect your life like the way he wants to. So I just treat him like a real person. At home, even cooking in the kitchen, I pretend he's cooking right there with me. And those are the time. Those, so I want to share with you, I don't know where you're at, right? Whether you've been there, done that, or you're going, you, will, you will have some point in your life. When you're at the most loneliest moment in your life, know that he's real right there next to you. And have that conversation with him. Because he's waiting to have those conversations with him with you. So I just start doing that to really treat him real and tangible. And the scripture talks about here in John uh, 16, 7. You can go to it if you want to. I know uh, they're going to put it up on the screen. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Because we all know the Holy Spirit words is called, what, the comforter. He's the advocate, right? He's the Greek, with the meaning of the Greek, basically, he's the one that's by and next to you, by your side, literally by your side. So the words, a lot of things about describing the Holy Spirit in the context of the Scripture is more than just necessarily influence. And, and like the Scripture we just read in Hosea, there are many times when God, in order to draw near to him and to release the breakthrough in your life, you have to go through the crushing first, which means the scripture talking about he allure her into the wilderness and speak of comfort there is that a place sometimes you're most lonely fearful ashamed, completely shattered is that very place that he will encounter you and meet with you and dine with you and speak to you so um, one one night um, one night, this is when we were separated, um, and it's not only a few months in, probably. And it was by, I was by myself. Uh, she had the kids during that time, so uh, I was by myself in a room. And I, I, I was watching something. I forgot what I was watching on TV, and I decided to turn it off. I put the prayer room on. Right now, just listening to it, and I just has just a moment of complete utter loneliness. Like, man, how did I get here? Anybody have those moments? Anybody ask, uh, where are you, God? Yeah. Right? Where are you, God? Like, where, where is God? And you just, just complete shatter of loneliness. I was like, how did I get here? And just for some reason, there was, I felt like a river was rumbling my belly. When I, when I felt like I was at the end of what my physical flesh can do and perform, right? And naturally, I'm a high achiever, and I feel like I'm a fairly capable person. But I felt like what was my end to me, what I can do as a person, flesh completely. Then just something grown inside of me, and suddenly I cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. Like Bartimaeus. I had one of those moments on the, on the couch in my living room. I just cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. And suddenly the Spirit of God just flooded that room. And I just, I wasn't even crying i was literally repeating i don't know how long i was repeating son of david have mercy on me son of david have mercy on me son of david have mercy on me and the flood of gates of heaven just pouring out and he was just washing over me the lord didn't speak to me and he me specifically but the very tangible present tells me the lord he loves me where i am the apple of his eye and sometimes we forget we are his beloved and the beloved is mine right isn't that the scripture we are his beloved, and the beloved is mine. That's the same way how he sees you, me, us. I'm his beloved, and the beloved is mine. So with, so I, I just feel like saying this. Some of you might feel it's too hard to go to your most ashamed, broken, lonely places. I said, no, run there. Run there. Cause that's when you are gonna see the flood and he where he wants to really really encounter you. And the second part of it, besides knowing him, treat him as real, cause he is, is run to him first, right? Which we're kind of talking about. And sometimes I know I love this. Is, I kind of remind me of Christina a little bit, where Christina was talking about uh, the gossip, right? We tend to go a few weeks ago. I thought it was really really a great message and very very practical. And sometimes we, how we talk about someone instead of confront somebody directly, which is awesome. So, Christina, I'm giving a shout out, they, whatever you are. And I think that we have that tendency to, to try to seek counsel everywhere else, so especially social media today, right? Or other people's influence, or anything else, instead of say, Lord, what do you think? Who, so if you look at Roman, Roman 8. 26, Roman 826. I'm just checking if anything the Lord wants me to share more. Roman 8.26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought to. And the Holy Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groaning which things cannot be other. And is something that me and my wife does, because we does prayer set every Saturday, uh, focus on marriage and families, that, and she knows this, when I I typically open up, say, Lord, help me pray. Help me pray, because I do not know what I ought to say, right? The flesh, Kevin, may say a lot of things, right? I pump myself with knowledge, but it may not be what the Father wants to say. It may not be what's going on right in that moment in heaven that the Lord is working for whatever He is, He wants me to tap into agreement and release power. And so that's something to say, wow, Lord, what I ought to say. And, and when I look at, um, and look at running to the Holy Spirit first, and I, I, it may sound simple, but it's often not easy to do, right? So when we, when we go through the valley of Acor whatever yours might be, we tend to run to family and friends, like the comfort zone, because we want that sense of comfort. Because you know what? It's pleasing to this. It's pleasing to the flesh. It is comfortable for the flesh. But it is not comfortable. It's opposite when you're looking at operating in the spiritual realm. The same way I talk about, uh, I mentioned before what some of the things can define us because our perspective. So if you think about, you know, what we think success, in, especially in culture in this world, especially in today's age, which really hasn't changed. If you really study history, even thousands of years ago, you know, Saddam, Gomorrah, and all the, all sorts of those things, is a manifestation of the culture today. It just changed in terms of a little bit of dynamic because our, you know, our technology advancement, various different advancement. So it shows up a little bit differently, but it's the same thing. So we see, we still, in you know, society today, we still talk about, immortality right? I want long life beauty right and we want successes we want money we want wealth just like many of those things can define us sometimes our most desperate lonely time and sinful struggle defines us because we're consumed by what they appear to be at the moment in the pain and in the crisis and I think this is something I learned uh, really through the both time when me and Ali separated the Lord really encountered me and I'm continuing learning because restoration is a journey, journey weekend. Now, now I'm plugging for the journey here. But restoration is a journey. It's not a destination, right? But sometimes we struggle and the tension between we cannot separate the sinner versus the sin. We cannot separate a behavior versus identity, which is very dangerous. Because God may see somebody's performing sin, and that is wrong. Right, and they will have wrongful consequences. If they don't deal with it, if you're practicing, there will be something that comes to that. But that is not the ultimate identity of the Lord who called every single human on earth. Every single human. There is an identity of Christ in them. Remember, we're created image of God. So if we walk through the redemption of Christ and really anchor that Christ anchor at that cross and pick up our own cross and follow the Lord, we're supposed to be the one that carries out that image daily. We're supposed to be able to live in the identity. How the expression identity comes out, it comes out in the fruits of spirit, right? Because it by the spirit, it comes out that we're living out the identity. So, so I think that's a, that's a huge danger, I think, in the, in the body of Christ today that we cannot separate the two. Um, Something I want to share here, here, I'm going to read this. This is something regarding my story when me and Natalie separated. uh, When there's only one who can and willing to to really encounter you. And one day I was sitting in the prayer room. This was actually not in the prayer room here. This was in prayer room KC. So there's a period of time I actually took a weekend, weekend trip to go to Kansas. And I was soaking in the prayer room. And Misty Edward, for those of you who know, she's one of the pray, pray, well, worship leader there. She was soaking, uh, she was doing a set, you know, and we're just studying the Word. And the Lord, for some reason, turned my attention after I was, you know, just spending some time there for a while, you know, the famous scripture in Matthew, right? I think Matthew uh, 633, seek the kingdom for, the king, uh, first, the kingdom of God and, righteousness and all all righteousness. So we all know the famous scripture, right, about seeking the Lord first. And, and the Lord just spoke to me that moment says son don't focus your attention on natalie my wife at the time focus on me focus on me allow me work on you and i will work on her and restore your marriage and that phrase stood with me after all these years it's been several years that that's that phrase almost like automatically sometimes just reminds me, well I will quote it myself in declaration in my own prayer time. "Lord, help me, work on me, work on Kevin's song. Help me focus on you, and you will work on whether it's my wife or anyone that's around me, you will work on it. I trust your, I trust your leadership." And the funny thing is at that moment, right, and of course the Lords you know, I'm reading this by myself in the prayer room, maybe I don't know, 50. A lot more than that. It was a pretty packed prayer on that day in Kansas. And suddenly, Misty starts singing the scripture. Just divinely, like literally a few seconds after I read the verse and the Lord spoke to me, Misty starts singing that same scripture out loud. And there's many times the Lord would encounter you divinely like that. It could, be, it could be a song. It could be somebody passing by and they might not know what they're saying. It, it doesn't have to be a Christian, by the way. It could be somebody going to drive you through and they say something that you you bear witness in the spirit because the Lord just told you that not too long ago. So the, in those divine encounters, that's why it's so important for us to run to him first. Then if you go to this, the third habits I want to talk about is Faithful, trust Him as faithful and true. So Proverbs say, with this famous scripture, two scripture I'll share here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, right? Lean not on understanding. In all your ways, all. Say all, all. Acknowledge Him and He will direct your path, right? And there's a famous scripture, we love to quote in the body. But it's actually pretty difficult to live out on the consistent daily, moment by moment to pass Keith, it was saying about on an earlier basis. Now, if you go to Rome 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for the good, for those who love him, and to those who are called according to his purpose. And we waste valuable time and energy anytime we think that we know better than God, when we don't, right? We really cannot change the circumstances that we have. And, And during the season of darkness, during our night season, what I call it, during our Valley of core seasons, when we don't see, and I, I, this funny thing that Pastor Key mentioned this in um, in uh, in Titan Offering, I me and him hadn't got a chance. We, we talked via text really, but we, he didn't know what I was going to preach on. But during the night season, is what some God works on the most. So I, I know if you have thought we we always love to quote sea time, Harvest Time a lot, right? But we, we, when we took that principle, we're thinking about us. Anybody thought about the sea? What about the sea? Anybody thought about the sea? So if you think about the sea, sea has to be buried. Imagine yourself as a, th- a sea, and you got to be buried underneath muddy, gloomy soil and being covered. Nobody noticed. Nobody know. It's dark, it's lonely, It's petrifying, maybe. Nobody see you. Nobody notice you. You just that sea buried underneath it. But see if it's not planted, it will never become what it's supposed to be. The tree will never grow. The leaf would never become. the fruit would never be bared. You say, uh, depart from me if I don't know you. If you cannot allow me to prune you, cut you, dress you, pierce you, the vine dresser cannot develop and release what he already designed you to be, created you to be since the beginning of time. And so that is the thing, a wrestle we constantly have, to trust and faithful and true when we go through the Valley of Acorn, when you're going through a night season. But if you think about night season a little bit, look at Abraham. How did Abraham, Genesis, I think it's Genesis 51. You don't have to go through the scripture, 51. It talked about the covenant, where the Lord made a covenant of Abraham. When did that happen? Night season. He made the covenant at night. Look at Jacob. wouldn't he wrestle? He didn't wrestle bright, bright you know, noonday, sunlight. He, he wrestled with the Lord all night. So prophetically, what they're telling us, some of those most dark seasons is where the Lord is planting. And that planting, if thing not, will yield mighty harvest for the what the Lord wants to release in your life. And actually, not just for you, but for others to come. And I want to share kind of a quick story here. Um, this is I thought was interesting. Um this is actually two story I want to share a little bit. It's about trusting, faithful, and true. And this has to do with restoration. Both Time has to do with restoration. One is actually this is sometime last year during the spring. It was in the parking lot actually before service, and I, I I got I got ready so I was gonna come on time. So, but the Holy Spirit just had an interruption moment, right? So on the way here, I was listening to the prayer room, right? I have KC, so I listen to a lot. Because for those who know me, I'm an intercessor at heart. I, I pray all, all the time, really. So then I was listening to the prayer room live stream, and on the way here. And the Lord, just the presence of the Lord was invading my car as soon as I parked outside here. I forgot where I was parking, probably the front somewhere here. And the Lord just started speaking to me, right, during that moment. And I had an open vision about me and Natalie restoring. It was a prophetic picture. But basically I saw a vision, me and Natalie was worshiping together in a room. She's on one side, I'm on the other side. But we're both worshiping. And my son, Josiah, was sitting down in the middle of us. But she's, she's, he's worshiping, too. He just happened to sit down in the, two of, in the middle of two of us. And we weren't talking. We we're we just seeing worshiping the Lord. And I can see in the vision the Lord just really encountering the both of us, our heart, right? Just really encountering, moving our hearts. And all of a sudden, I saw my wife fell to the floor. but The power of God hit her. And she came over. She said, forgive me. I want to reconcile. And then I fell down. And I told her, forgive me for what I've done. Right, And so, instantly, that prophetic picture, and that really touched me to the core at that time. But what does not known behind the scene, I, I found out later on, the Lord, during that same period of time, was encountering her supernaturally. some crazy stuff happening. Like, I have no idea. Right? For example, I don't know if I'm telling the, the story right, so she might correct me later. But, <laughs> so, but one of the stories is that she, was, she got woke up in the middle of the night. So, sometimes she would put, put the prayer room live stream on, right, and go to sleep, just low volume. So one night, all of a sudden, she, got, she was woken by the phone. So somebody turned up the volume, like very loud. Because usually this is very mellow, right? You're going to sleep. So suddenly, it's a live stream. So something in the middle of the night, all of a sudden, phone volume just exploded. And it would be really loud. And she heard they were praying for the restoration of family in the middle of the night. So, and she was just getting divine encounter moment after moment during that same period of time, right? Another moment this one time, during that same period of time, after workout, uh, one day after workout, I actually walked out to kind of, there was a gym I, went, I was going to that time. So, I kind of worked out to kind of the outside patio area. I was just sitting down. And during the workout, I was listening to Francis, one of Francis Chan's teaching about the Holy Spirit, actually. And as I walked out and sitting down and switching from the kind of listening to the sermon of Francis it about about living the spirit or walking the spirit, something like that. Now switching again to the prayer room, live prayer room, right? And Laura Hackett, for those of you who know her, Laura Hackett was leading worship, right? It was a live stream. And all of a sudden, the Lord started encountering and speaking to me about multiple different things, about calling, about families and mission, about multiple array of things, which I won't go in detail. But this part, again, I want to kind of drive home, is the Lord start giving me a scripture. Which is scripture? said, so what God joins together, right? Mark nine ten, 10, I think, Mark nine ten 10, is what God joins together, let no, no man separate, no sin or hindrance to get in the way, right? That's scripture, We all know that. Three seconds later, the Lord giving that scripture, Laura Hackett starts seeing that very scripture live. So my point is, trust him as faithful and true when you don't see anything going on when you see nothing going on he's working behind the scenes you just a see that's in the berry but it's waiting to bear fruit and and uh two more i think let me uh somebody can check me on time make sure i'm doing okay there um, and I want to share this a little bit before I jump into the other side of it. I think what is important is a habit to, to really build, to trust him as faithful and true, is about continual remembering and jogging down the stone remembrance. So Josh 4, right? Joshua 4. So w- when they walk, you know, could the Lord sp- split River Jordan, they walk through and the Lord asked him to resurrect the stones. Get the priests, right? Twelve tribe, resurrect put the stone as a remembrance what I did that day. And I think it's important that, I don't know, what's your way of, you know, record keeping? Writing it down in your journal somewhere to know the moment the time the Lord encounter you so you can pray over it when you're down. Or it doesn't have to be when you're down. Just in daily prayer, recite those things and declare back to the Lord. Say, Lord, thank you for encountering me during the RCC that day encounter. Thank you for what you do the Show me wisdom and revelation. And those habits of reciting the stone of remembrance is really in, you strengthen your inner man and in building faith when the flesh might be go completely the opposite. So that's another tip I don't want to share before I jump into the other about resurrecting uh, the, the stone of remembrance, like Joshua first said. And then, and then the other one I think I, we, I talked about a little bit now is the habit knowing that silent is golden. Silent is golden. So I'm not trying to call the movie theater preview. Silence, Golden. Turn off your phone text or whatever. You turn it off, right? So Silence, Golden. No, is not the end. When silence is not necessarily he's saying no. It's an invitation to the secret places to really encounter with him and uh, about new beginnings. So some Psalm forty six ten said. Be still, know I am God, right? I will be exalted among the nation. I will be exalted among the earth. Then Luke 9.23 says again, uh, he, the Lord Jesus, Jesus said to them all, if anybody desire come after me, let him deny himself. So it's interesting. A couple of things I want to I pause here. I want to read that one more time. He said to them all, this is the Lord said to all, everybody in the audience at that time, if anybody desire come after me, right after he didn't say, uh, you need to do the 12th step here, five steps here. You need to cleanse yourself to get a different clothes. Make sure you memorize the New and Old Testament completely. He didn't say, did he say that? No, he didn't say that. What did he say? Deny himself. And, he said, and take up his cross daily and follow me. Those were his very succinct exact instruction you want to be a believer it's not about memorizing this this is good you need to you need to know memorize this but that's not the priority the priority deny yourself pick up the cross and follow me and now something my wife show uh, share with me this morning i want to kind of share and give her quick quick credit for really um she said she was having some really amazing time worshiping the Lord and the Lord just gave her a prophetic picture about Jesus carrying the cross, walking to that place of Golgotha, right? Just walking through the cities. And because it's not just what he did when he got there on the cross, it's the entire journey from that city into that, into, uh, to that place of death, and resurrection, really. So, mo- most of the time, the read why I th- call silence golden is not just being still and wait for the Lord. Yes, we do that. And the word waiting, by the way, has different meaning in the Greek. So, there's one version of meaning the, wor- the word waiting is actually really represents ambush, it's a military term. It's about strategically hiding a particular posture and position so you can counteract your enemy it's not about passive waiting i'm sitting in a chair just laying back on a lounge and rocking back and forth no that was not the waiting what the lord is talking about it's very strategic what he's doing yes he wants to resting his identity he wants to rest but what he's saying in the silence also at the same time is about deny myself am i willing to die right is that the, Is that the lord jesus you know pray in the garden and say hey not my will but your will be done not my will i have a will Right, I'm in the human manifest, uh, godly form that's manifesting in human body, but I have a will. But I say, not my will, but Your will be done. So the silence really about both the posture, as well as denying the uh, the debt, debt, uh, debt to the self. So what happened? We're talking about if we see it cannot be planted, it cannot be grow ultimately, and we cannot rightfully ask Jesus. Divine dresser to skip out on the development of our lives simply because we're uncomfortable to being in the lonely and dark places. And I'll read this part because I, I I I think it's part really important part of it. What I have learned um, throughout the last few years, especially a couple years, the Lord works in marvelous way in the secret places. He's working on my character. He's working on my heart. He's working on my fear. He's working on motive. He's working on my wisdom. Right. He's burning off every single impurity there is because no way god's going to represent it unrefined unfermented undeveloped product to the world what he wants to use for the rest of the world and um and i'll go to the last point and we wrap and i I think there's there was an interesting encounter that i had and this is really talking about silence golden because during the time when me and her were separated and really both times you know i was again in the beginning i was seeking to try to seek every other help there is right what i talked about earlier and I was fervently praying and fasting. I'm an intercessor, so I fervently pray and fast. And this is not, I don't want to come across any, any you know, any the wrong way or boastful statement, but I fasted every, every kind of fast there is to fast, really. Like three days, seven days, 12, 14 days, 30 days, 40 days, whatever there is to do, I did it. But I wasn't really doing it with the heart of the Lord. And I was fasting every week. So besides the specific fast I was doing, I was already fasting every single week. But the funny thing, one night the Lord encountered me, uh, I, I think I was finishing cooking, and I was cleaning up, and I decided to put uh, a Jesus conference on, right, uh, Michael Culiano and their ministry. So there were a conference, I think Tawai and Jessica, his wife, was preaching. So I, I didn't really pay attention, I just kind of put it on the background while I was cleaning up the kitchen, really, at the end of the day. So just doing that, and then I kind of finished clean up, walked to the TV a little bit, and just sit down, you know, I was really kind of engaging, say what they're doing, right? And at that point on, Jessica came on, but she didn't preach or teach. She just worshiped. She just soaked in the Lord the whole entire time. And the presence of God just was so strong. The anointing was so strong there. So I can really feel that in my living room, right? And then I started just worshiping with the Lord and was encountering the Lord, and not too long after, I was worshiping and praying with the Lord. And I, I really was sensing the presence of God. You know, just, a, just the weightiness of his presence at that time fall upon me. And I was on the floor. Or I, was, I, was, I was literally like this, on the floor, and just crying to him, right, sobbing. You know, all, the, all the tears, all the, all the <laughs> nasty stuff. Then the Lord spoke something to me very clearly. I miss you, son. He said, I miss you, son. And that, I, oh, I didn't even know what to say. I think I gasped. I, I, I literally took him back. It's like, what did he just say? Because I was praying fervently, quoting, declaring, cast out demons, fasting every week, any kind of fast. For, and it's not just a short period of time. I fasted for, what, a year and a half, two years, <laughs> a long time, right? So I was doing what, what I thought was the right thing to do performance i was doing out of the performance i was not living the reality of the holy spirit that he loves me no matter what i am his beloved and my beloved is mine and and suddenly man i lost it you know just during that time the lord just completely uh the presence of god i think obliterated me (laughs) in a way in a good way right i'm just complete mess and that moment on something shifted in how i pray so do i pray yes I do all this, the things that we, we should rightfully do, by the way, as, as a believer, right? It's part of his command. But my heart, my posture, my heart has changed. Because sometimes I think we, we'll get a wake-up call when we go to heaven one day. Uh, how he measures us. We're, we're going to get a wake-up call on how he measures us. <laughs> really. Because remember, at the end, I did great judgment, right? We're going to have no reward. We're gonna have partial reward, scripture says, we're gonna have full reward. And I'm not talking about it with the unbelievers, that they will be judged differently, right? I'm not gonna go into that that teaching. But the believers will have no reward, partial reward, full reward. So I think we we sometimes miss so much in how to live the daily life, how you encounter Lord and encounter one another and how we live that out. And from that moment on how I shift, I it's completely shifted in the, I I know this posture in my heart. The way I encounter people, the way I talk to people, something completely just, the Lord just, I like, pivot almost in that moment. So that is super, super important when we encounter these things, right? Knowing silence, Golden is not his no, it's an invitation to really spend time, intimacy with him, to know who you are. And the last thing I'll share on this, and Zach, thank you for here. You can play, just play something instrument in the background, it be great. The number uh, the last thing I want to share is pursue the Holy Spirit relentlessly. Proverbs talk about in 24, 16, say, a righteous man fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. Then, Hebrew 12, what I thought was just an interesting connection here. Therefore, we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses. To the life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trip us up. And let us run with endurance that the race of God set before us. We do this by our eyes on Jesus, the champion, who initiates and perfects our faith. And I think that the key things. I think Keith, you, you mentioned a little bit earlier. You tie into it. Never give up. Never give up. Is that simple? Never ever give up. Cause you just don't know what's around the corner. When when the Lord is such a force that He relentlessly pursues after me, like right, when I was atheist, right? He preserved my life. I could have died. Could I, could I have died in college? Sure, that is a possibility. None of us are tomorrow. It's really promised. Right? But I didn't. His relentless love after us, for us, is absolutely astounding and unreal. I don't know if I will ever fully understand that on this side of eternity. I don't know if I ever will. But I'm a student of it. I am a student of uh, Lord, what does that look like? What does that look like in me? What does that look like about interacting with others? What does that look like in you, in your life? In Josh, the Lord cho- told Joshua in one night, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, right? For the Lord God is with you to whatever you do. And I have made plenty, plenty of mistakes In my life, in my marriage, especially, obviously, two almost divorced. Um, But the grace of God astounds me. It really, truly is. Sometimes we forget the generosity in that forgiveness is incomparable to what I ever did times a million. Because what he died on the cross for me, that sin was unpardonable by natural human means was only can be done and atone forever by the finished work of Christ and in a long time I think as a believer uh, I struggle with a verse what I just mentioned in Proverbs um, 24 16 I say, Lord I, I don't know if some of you guys wonder the same. How can a righteous man fall seven times and get back up again? How, how do you how do you see that? Because you, you, you prefaces the label up front. That's a righteous man. I don't know if you know the scripture. He said, for a righteous man may fall seven times. So he already deemed that person righteous. Then he prefaces the fact, say... He may fall seven times. Or more. So how God sees you in identity through eternity and through the finished work of Christ, it's amazing. And oftentimes we don't see each other that way. Right? We don't see each other through that lens of identity. We see the lens of their behavior and conduct. And there is consequence of behavior and conduct. I'm not saying there's not. But as believers we ought to look at first through that identity lens. We ought to look through the value of that kingdom than anything else. And we cannot, I would say that um, the Lord values heart and mind differently than we are. So the reality of that, to me, I found is, you know, Psalm 51, 17, the Lord will not despite a broken spirit and contrite heart, Right? He values that heart coming back to him over and, over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And again, he sees that longing. He created us not for us to do things. He created us for having a relationship, that love, intimacy with us. So, when, so I want to I wanna say this, though, in, in closing a few minutes here. When you're going through the Valley of Acorn, you may be asking, like, how am I fulfill This where's my dream going? You know how am I gonna you know do the work of the kingdom, deal my own stuff? When we get stuck in our shell, never moving to the place, feel like we're not moving to the place of promise, victory, and faithfulness. But that is not the end. And we cannot sidestep God's process of pruning, of growing. Uh, preparing, where we might perceive that is bearing burying in, right, or rejection even sometimes. But that's not the case. And so you see in Hosea, when we go back to the scripture, again, if you can put back to Hosea the same scriptures, Hosea 14, Hosea 2.14, thank you for shooting. I want to wait on the scripture, pull back up. Hosea 2.14. There you go. Two fourteen. You can go to uh, fourteen and sixteen as well. So, we're saying that well, I will lure her, bring her into the wilderness, and speak comfort to her. Nanda said, "We will have to go through the valley of acorn." Right? You we get to that part real quick. So, to get to the valley of acorn, there you go. Thank you. And the valley of acorn is the door of hope. She shall sing there, sing there, a place of rejoicing, a place of coming to fruition as the day of her youth. And even before that verse, if you see, I will give her vineyard, which means I will give her promise, the harvest, the dream, the hope. I will give it to her. But it's only through that process, alluring into the wilderness, going through the valley. And I think that even as I'm speaking today, you, you, in your back of your mind, you have your valley acorn. You know what they are, right? Everybody has some valley acorn, if you're to be completely honest, right? Maybe to what degree, I don't know. But we have some. Either you have gone through it or going through it, or you will. But it's in that, he will get you to the door of hope. And the funny thing is that if you read that scripture here, he said, Oh, get you to the door of hope. He didn't say that's hope itself, he didn't say that is hope says a door of hope which this is the beauty of a love relationship with the lord you have a will and you have a choice he doesn't force salvation on no one so when we get to that door of hope we have to be willing to say am i gonna open the doorknob and walk through that door because the hope itself is on the other side whatever promise whatever dream whatever you're believing for contending for restoration Healing salvation is on the other side of that very door. But we have to be willing, say, not my will, your will, not my way, your way. I have to say, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna be that seed to be buried in the ground to bear a mighty harvest. I'm gonna be willing to be that seed in, in this in that darkness being fermented so think about this last point I'm gonna share this the value of grape is not much right we can buy them I don't know how much you can buy at the grocery store like a bag of grapes not a whole lot of value when the when the grape goes to what the pressing the fermenting the production and the sit in dark places that allow it ferment It becomes what? Wine. Now wine has different value than a bag of grapes, doesn't it? Especially how long you aged that wine. God doesn't look time like we do. (laughs) I wish he does. I really do. I'm not kidding. I wish he looked time like I do. I I I was like, Lord. But he said, Wherever I insert myself is irrelevant to me in time because he doesn't look based on earthly realm of, of time and space continuum. He looked in the light of eternity. He looked entitled eternity. So Kevin, you're going through this for seven years, eight years, ten years, twenty years. To him, probably not even blinking of an eye. To him, there is no time. He can insert one moment, come out the other simultaneously beat that wine beat that wine allow him I feel the presence of the Lord allow him to aid you forget about time on this earth gaze on the Lord the fiery flaming eyes of Jesus there is no time it's boundless His love never ends. It's unlimited, unconditional, unstoppable. Be in that place of pursuing Him relentlessly. I want everybody to stand here, Kirk. I'm I'm gonna close. I feel, and and then elders, get ready. By the way, I feel that my life journey. My story is just is your story. I am no more I'm not special. My story is a grain of salt on the sand of the seashore among billions of people in the world. My story is your story. So I'm asking everyone right now is the Holy Spirit moving? I want everybody, to think for a moment, what is your valley of acorn? And I want you to i don't write a piece of paper. Usher, you, maybe you can help, use the prayer card, whatever. Get a piece of paper out, rip a piece of paper out, write down your valley of acorn on that piece of paper. No names. Whatever valley of acorn that you have, whatever that is in your life, however big, however small, it doesn't matter. Write it down. I want you to write it down. Seriously, I want you to write it down. Get a piece of paper out, get a pen out. Write the valley of acorn down. And I have a little basket here. So somebody wonder what the heck a basket up front. Right here. I want you to come up front and put, put your valley of acorn in there. Put the valley of acorn in the front. Whatever it is. I want I want to take a little time to do this right here. It feels important write it down put it in here go come up front i want you to drop it in here we'll all have them to one way the other and i want the elders be ready or the leaders of prayer leaders be ready i want want to pray with you want to come in agreement with you we want you to walk through that valley of acorn with you for you want to help you get to that doors of hope May, may not be just one door, maybe many doors. But get to that door of hope. And knowing crushing is not the end. Hope is the end. Hope is the end. Not the crushing. Hope is the end. Crushing is the process to get there. So I just want to worship a little bit. As and if you when you have the valley of Acorn, bring out from elders, you can come up if you want. Get ready for prayer. And just so you know, I want you to feel completely safe. Nobody gonna look at it. I'm not gonna look at it. Nobody no elders gonna look at it. Uh, well, what I'm planning to do is I should burn them afterwards. I'm gonna get with a few elders. We're gonna pray and declare it and burn them afterwards. So nobody's gonna look at them. I want to feel 100 safe there. So let's let's worship. Bye. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.